Hello and welcome back to the full English episode of a clear and obvious podcast where we we get a guest on each week and we discuss everything English football and this week I'm joined by myself and Sam or joining us even is the one and only Sherry Mohammed Go. Also known as Big Shez. Also known as Big Shez. As, yeah. <laughs> they are they are sharing a mic today. Um, as you probably saw from my Twitter post, we're having some technical issues yeah. at the minute. The selfish third years have got a, a practical in, so they're they're using a lot of a shit. We're not we're not happy about it. We're not. We're raging. In fact, we're looking at them right now. I mean, podcast comes first all the time. Exactly. Podcast comes first. So if you hear some dodgy audio, we can only sincerely apologise. But we're going to go through with the usual usual structure of the full English podcast, and it will be, I'm sure, as thrilling as ever with one of the greatest guests we've ever had on. Big shares. Big shares indeed. Um, shall we first, first of all, go through a little roundup of fixtures, roundup of what's happened in this post uh, winter break era that we're living in? What do we, what do we want to kick yeah, things off with? No, let's go. Let's start with Southampton Burnley in a fixture that was a uh, a bottom of the table clash. A very important game for both sides, and uh, yeah, Burnley. Um, Burnley won this game two one. Uh, Burnley took the lead from a uh, very in very strange circumstances. Westwood um, scoring the scoring directly from a corner after Danny Ings at the front post missed the ball completely. He's not a natural defender, is he, Danny Ings? No, he's he's not not natural in that position. But then. Um, uh, equaliser for Southampton from uh, man of the moment Danny Ings who uh, was at fault for the first goal so a bit of a redemption story there but then um, Burnley took all th- uh, three points when um, a man who'd been forgotten about at the club uh, Mate Vizdra um, took it round um, controlled the ball took it round a player and rifled it into the roof of the net and yeah Burnley went home with all three points yeah, and deservedly so from that that Matej Vidra wonder strike, I'd say. It was a great goal, sort of slips as he hits it. But yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant finish from both him and Danny Ings, actually. His goal was very well put away. Um, yeah, as you say, sort of a, a bottom, bottom of the table clash. Uh, Burnley now move on to 11th. They're on the same points as Arsenal. Southampton still sit behind them on 12th. So in reality, it was a mid-table clash. But yeah, it was, it was a de- de- decent game. Uh, not an awful lot to say on that else, wouldn't you say, I'd imagine. Yeah, no, not not more to say on it really. Very important three points for Burnley, but I'm I'd still confident in Southampton staying up. Yeah, with Hassan Hutt at the at the helm, I'm sure they can. Um, next game was was a game that I I predicted a Norwich win, and I tell you what, it wasn't far off. Was it Norwich draw? I think it might have been a draw. Um, at Carrow Road, uh, Liverpool won one nil thanks to Sadio Mane. Um, Sadio Mane strike um, came off the bench and scored, coming back from injury. Um, and Norwich in this game, they they looked good the whole game. They had a couple of okay chances. Pookie had a one on one. They hit straight at the keeper. Um, there one, there was one. I can't remember who it was. Tried to take it around Allison, but they they had their fair share of chances. It wasn't like they were being peppered all game. Uh, and Liverpool didn't look like vintage Liverpool, really. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it wasn't a. Once it wasn't a vintage Liverpool performance, but they got away with a win, and that's what a title-winning team does. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Liverpool, Liverpool look uh, looked not not a not a brilliant team, but or oh, didn't play that well in this game, but. Yeah, Nor- Norwich are they are doomed. I'm, I'm for, oh, 
whether it's a shame really because they play some oh god I was going to say good football some semi good football and yeah. they try they have some good players like Buendia is uh, decent Pookie's not bad and yeah they've got some good players good young players Max Aarons mm. and Ben Godfrey coming through but yeah, yeah. uh not really Premier League standard and they're more of a championship club really yeah um, Sherry uh, thoughts on Liverpool battering everyone at the minute I mean other than Norwich and they beat them 1-0 and then they lost midweek but aside from that as a Man United fan what does it what does it feel like to see Liverpool doing this well as much as I hate to say it Liverpool they're doing what title winning teams do they grind out results even when they're not playing properly or well as they yeah. can be <laughs> Norwich I feel like they'll be hard done by they had plenty of chances to win the game, but obviously it's Liverpool, the best team in the world you're coming up against. So, well, you can't really do much against them, can you? No, completely. Yeah, it was, it was harsh, harsh in Norwich. It's harsh if they go down, really, because they're a decent team. They're going forwards, they look fairly all right when they've got Pukki in the side. Emi Buendia is a good player. Campbell's fairly good. So they'll get picked off when they inevitably go down. But yeah, Liverpool, uh, in typical Liverpool fashion, storming, storming ahead to the title. Um, should we move on to Villa Spurs? A... 2-3 home loss I really overcomplicated that score <laughs> yeah, it was 3 no, away win for Spurs it was a uh, uh, interesting game Spurs really not performing well tried to um, <clears throat> Jose trying to a um, adopt a counter-attacking um, style of play uh, to prepare for the Leipzig game in midweek and uh, yeah almost saw them lose this game in fact uh, Spurs um went behind to uh, Alderweire our own goal uh, for Alderweire to equalise to make it um, 1-0 then um, I think Villa went in front no it was uh, min Son uh, just after the break 47th minute goal oh yeah so uh, then uh, Tottenham went 2-1 two and, two and up uh, before Villa equaliser but then uh, Human Son came to the rescue despite having a broken arm. It's incredible. Uh, to uh, steal all three <coughs> points and get uh, a good result, but not a brilliant performance. Well, Villa looked great in the game. I mean, Grealish looked brilliant, um, as he has <laughs> rolling your eyes there at Villa. <laughs> Grealish looking good. Um, no, he, he looked brilliant all game, did Grealish. Uh, he had fans raving after the game, rightly so. But yeah, Spurs did come away with the win and. Again, t- typical Mourinho fashion, really. You know, not playing pretty football, but getting it done somehow. Seems to be the way they're going at the minute. Um, next game was a game that I was at. Um, Arsenal demolishing a hopeless Newcastle 4-0 at home. Um, yeah, no, this game was brilliant. Um, well, I was sat just above the Newcastle fans, which was great. Um, but yeah, no, the game itself, uh, the first half was shocking. Um, Newcastle looked fairly good. It's just a shame they've got Joe Linton up top because he's terrible. Um, but yeah, they, they looked all right. Um, they didn't have an awful lot going forward. They carved out a couple of decent chances. Sam Maximan had Bellerin on toast the entire game. Um, but then, uh, you know, uh, second half came around uh, and a Bamiyang from a, a Nicolas Pepe cross headed one home. Very good header. Um, then Pepe uh, turned from provider to goal scorer after a naughty little nutmeg from Bukayo Saka. Slid it back to Pepe who put it in. Um, and then that was pretty much the game well, I wouldn't say over it, it, the game could have swung as Sam Maximan hit the post uh, coming down the other end that could have made it 2-1 uh, but then ni- the 90th and 95th minutes saw both Ozil and Lacazette score uh, both badly needed goals for those two players individually um, but yeah no a convincing Arsenal win 
at the end of the day. Um, they dominated large parts of the game, large parts of possession. Never looked massively threatened, certainly in the second half at least. It was good to see Ceballos back in the team. Um, and Ketia starting this game up top. Looked a little bit like rabbit in headlights, but he didn't look too bad. Uh, carved out the odd opportunity, missed a bit of a sitter it must be said but he, he looks all right looks like a decent option when Lacazette and Aubameyang aren't firing um and yeah anything to add on that really from any uh, of you guys not really um Newcastle have uh, done all right this year uh this season under Bruce but they really were very disappointing against Arsenal and I don't know whether this will start a decline, maybe, because I saw a big team, but earlier <coughs> on in the season, they drew am I, or lost narrowly to Arsenal, so mm. looks like they've declined slightly since then. Yeah, they've got Palace away uh, next week, so a chance potentially for some Steve Bruce-based redemption. Um, shall we move on to the Monday night game? That was Chelsea Man United. Sherry, our resident Manchester United fan, Take us, take us through that one. Well, Manchester United, what can you say about them? Season full of up and downs, but uh, the game against Chelsea saw Harry Maguire's first United goal. Uh, came from a Bruno Fernandes cross, his first assist. And we can say this assist is more than Jess, Jesse Lingard has done Eey. for his whole for a whole year, is it? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. still hasn't. Well, he scored against uh, Tranmere, mind you, so he's found his level. Well, the first goal um, <laughs> came from uh, Aaron Bissaka cross he absolutely did Willian there to pieces and Anthony Marshall header bottom corner just it's just good goal, good goal yeah really um, good cross from Ryan Bissaka to be fair he did really well although yeah. I feel like Aaron Bissaka can do more of that in an, uh, another few of his games that's his I think it's his second assist this season yeah um, well you know fans on Twitter every time Aaron Ryan Bissaka does something good we compare <laughs> it to Trent Alexander-Arnold I don't r- quite like the comparisons because yeah. Trent is a much better player. But I feel like if Aaron Wan-Bissaka can continue like this, he can become not as good, but he can be up there. Yeah, with the best. Well, I mean, England have got at the minute an abundance of good young right backs. Uh, they've obviously got Trent. Obviously got Reese James Reece as well James, as yeah. Wan-Bissaka. They got quite quite a few of them knocking about. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, he did well for that cross particularly. Yeah. Um, second goal. They uh, scored. Second goal, Bruno they, yeah. Fernandes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bruno Fernandes. He has been playing well. First game, it was against Wolves. He played mm. w- really well against that. Um, and it didn't look amazing this game, I wouldn't say. No, not amazing, but it's just it's something new for the fans to rave about, is it? Yeah. Um, something that's not Jesse Lingard, as we said. No. Andreas <laughs> Pereira, Jesse Lingard, what can you do? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, Harry Maguire scoring, uh, despite the fact that he shouldn't have really been on the pitch, he should he? He should have been sent off. Should have been sent Oh, okay, I thought you were going to say he should have been on the pitch. I was looking oh. forward to this. Ah, oh, that's a shame. Who did he kick out at? Was it... Um, Batshuayi. Batshuayi, yeah. I mean, if even if Batshuayi went off the pitch, it wouldn't have made a difference, would it? <laughs> that is true, but maybe Maguire going off the pitch might have made a little bit more of a difference. Um, I can see why Chelsea fans are aggrieved by it. They also had two goals disallowed, rightfully, for VAR, it must be said. Um, but yeah, as a whole, you've got the win in the end at Stamford Bridge. I feel like we needed that victory, especially with the whole controversy surrounding um, the manager. So Yeah, no, a much needed win. So uh, happy for United fans. Yeah, it would have been a much needed win for Chelsea as well, but obviously we didn't get it. So um, there we go. Um, shall we move on to the game that happened uh, last night? Uh, Man City-West Ham. Um, this well, this game was fairly lowly attended, if you're judging uh, by just... Uh, the, the, your eyesight Man, um, Man City lowly attended I know makes a lovely little change doesn't it 
Um, yeah, no, City, uh, comfortable winners in this particular game. Uh, at one point in the game, they had 80% possession. Um, they were absolutely mullering West Ham. They peppered them. Um, and, yeah, the first goal came through Rodri, I believe. Um, decent little finish from him. I quite, quite like Rodri. You know, he's not a bad player. Big bloke, decent player. Uh, and then the second goal came from Kevin De Bruyne, uh, who turns from, again, provided the goal scorer just after the hour mark. Um, and that really sort of put the game to bed. Um, it saw Jared Bowen's first uh, Premier League minutes. He came on for the last 10 minutes for Robert Snodgrass. Um, yeah, West Ham, they were never really likely to win this game. And in the fashion that it happened, they were lucky it was only 2-0. I mean, City had 20 shots to comparison. Uh, West Ham had three and no shots on target. Um, they also had 22% possession the whole game, West Ham. So it really was a vintage Man City performance, something I felt like they needed as well. Um, and yeah, no, they look they look pretty good, um, City as a whole. Um, and yeah, it was it was a game they certainly deserved to win. Um, but yeah, no, aside from that, um, that that moves them, that, you know, keeps them in the Champions League Champions League hunt if they if they get the if they get their place in the Champions League next season, thanks to the the ever overbearing FFP. But um, yeah, that's pretty much all there is to say on that game. Uh, obviously a rescheduled game, but yeah, City City got the job done in a vintage Guardiola performance. See De Bruyne with man of the match performance. That's his 16th assist this season, and it's February. Wow. So. That overtakes Eden Hazard's best ever season with 15 assists. Wow. And obviously, well, Hazard can't really do anything about that anymore since he's at Real Madrid. That is true, yeah. So. He's a top assister in Europe, isn't he, De Bruyne? Right? Yeah, De Bruyne, yeah. yeah. What an amazing player What a player. Wow, for a United fan to say that, I like that. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's classy. He is. Um, that's pretty much it all for the Premier League. Sam, do you want to take us through the main championship game that happened? What happened? Yeah, um, so in the, the biggest championship game this weekend was West Bromwich Forest. Uh, it's a big encounter at the um, towards the top of the league with both sides uh, looking for automatic promotion, it must be said. And yeah, finished uh, two all. Uh, Callum Robinson put West Brom ahead. He was uh, played through one on one and just kind of put it past the keeper before a few. We we love it, but a few on goals. Uh, one one for either side. Uh, Forrest, um after a low cross conceded a um, a Kyle. Uh, score, uh, scored a Kyle Bartley own goal. Well, they didn't really score it, did they? Kyle Bartley scored it for West Brom, but yeah, yeah he that made it level before a um, a Tobias Figueroa own goal uh, for from Forest, <laughs> which put West Brom back into the lead. I mean, did either side really want to win this game? I mean, <laughs> keep scoring <laughs> own goals, uh, yeah. but Sabotage. then in the ninety um, first minute. Uh, Matty Cash fired home uh, a, a brilliant strike into the top corner in the 91st minute, which is just mad. Um, which was Forrest's first shot on target to get a, a get a draw, which is a uh, very very crucial to the league, uh, which uh, sees West Brom stay first. But uh, Forrest dropped down a few places and uh, further away from the automatic uh, places. <coughs> yeah. Yep. That's pretty much summing up that top of the table tussle, it must be said. That's, that's yeah. just using the couch show and foosball uh, edition of the pod. Um, okay, let's hop on from the roundup of the fixtures to our first section of the podcast. It is Twitter trending. Um, the first one that we've got here for Twitter trending is Alan Hutton, the man, the myth, the Scotch Cafu. Uh, Sam, why is, why is he trending on Twitter? Uh, Alan Hutton is trending on Twitter because, unfortunately, the legend <coughs> has retired... That's right. His playing days, his his playing days are over. The the man who's a 
Uh, I'd say I'd call him a, a cult hero. Call him an icon. Yeah, in uh, English and Scottish football. Uh, and Champions League football. Exactly. Played 13 time times in the Champions League. How did Alan Hutton play 13 times in the Champions he's League? He's played in the Europa League. Unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable. He, he's, he, uh, he started his career at um, Rangers, uh, where he played um, a lot of games for them before move, getting a big move to uh, the Premier League and Tottenham. He spent time out on load at um, Sunderland and... Um, and uh, but then went back to Spurs for a few more years before joining Villa for around like four million. Uh, had a few loan spells at Villa. Like there are a few seasons where he struggled to get into um, the team. He was in and out a bit. But then it was quite surprised towards his Villa career. He ended up in the team more. But yeah, um, went on loan to Forest, Mallorca, which was a, quite a weird one. Ended Throwing up, in Mallorca ended up playing Forest. in La Liga, which is weird for a Scottish Alan Hutton. And yeah, his last loan was uh, to Bolton and then spent the rest of his career at Villa before being released um, in at the end of the 2018-19 season. Uh, along with uh, a few other players, but yeah, it's a it's a big loss. The man who who's capped fifty times for Scotland, and uh, yeah, it's a it's quite sad. I um Villa fans are gonna miss um singing the Scottish cafe on the terraces. I bet, and uh, yeah, it's a he he wasn't a bad player. He is possibly one of the worst players I've ever seen. I play don't football. think I don't think he was that bad. I think he was terrible. Have you ever he, he when he got the ball? It, yet there's no stopping him. So, some of his the only runs. person that can stop him is Alan Hutton. Alan Hutton can only stop himself. He was... No, I don't want to bad about him. But he so, was one of the worst of his, players I've his, ever seen I, play he, football. He, I don't think he was that bad. If I was putting together a worst eleven of players that I've seen play football, <clears> Alan Hutton is in that team. Maybe on the bench, but he's... No, actually, he's probably starting. And I've seen some terrible players. I've seen Sebastian Squelacci play. I've seen some shockers. And he is up there with the worst. I, I, I'd, I'd say that's harsh. That that goal against... Um, he scored for Villa against Birmingham was just A, incredible, and B, has him written in Villa folklore for years to come. Yeah, he's still terrible, though. Anyway, um, that's pretty much all there is to say on Alan Hutton, isn't there? He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a Scottish, Scottish cafe... Uh, great career, mate. Well done. Um, <laughs> anyway, next on Twitter trending, we have Marcus Rashford. Um, what's been What's been happening with Marcus Rashford, Sherry? He, he is severely injured. Oh, severely. Um, he's got yeah. a stress fracture in his spine, which is obviously devastating. Never ideal. He's been United's best player this season. Probably, yeah. yeah I'd agree Definitely with that. the best player. Hundred uh, percent. First signs of injury came. I'd say in the Man City game where we won 2-1 in December, he was clutching his back, he was tw uh, testing out his ankle, but obviously he carried on. And then his injury came in, I think it was, when was it? It was definitely in January, I think it was the start of January, Yeah. where um, he clutched his spine, or back, yeah. and then, <laughs> then he's just out. Um, Interesting, he clutched his spine. <laughs> he just wraps his fingers <laughs> around his spine. <laughs> I mean, it's Marcus Rashford. He, he can do whatever he, he can, wants. He can do anything. <laughs> um, the first signs of injury, uh, Solskjaer obviously knew about it, being his manager and all. And <laughs> Is he? I mean, he still. tries to be his manager, but you never know with Oli. He's at the wheel. But he is. He crashed first. Yeah, he crashed. Just like Rashford's season. 
Oh, so. oh. Would you say crashed like his chances of going to the Euros? I would say. Do you see him recovering for that and going? He is no. I don't see him recovering. For really? The no. Just like Harry Kane, he is out as well. When's he, when is he supposed to be back, Rashford? Is there any date on him being back or not? Um, Solskjaer said that it's going to be touch and go whether he's <coughs> back before the end of the season. There's a possibility. I think it's very 50-50 at the moment. They're not They're not sure. Uh, he could be as well as the fact that there's a chance he might not be. And that could scupper his chance of getting in the England squad for the Euros. Yeah, I hope he does. Oh, is that yes, he's Zinchenko impression, isn't it? You love that. Uh, I'm so sorry to those people whose ears have burst from that. That was that was very loud. So I'm not gonna lie. Who do we see um, being the striker for England in the Euros then? Since uh, Kane and Rashford are out, I don't want it to be Kane. Danny Ings. Yeah, Danny Ings. Oh, no, I can go along with that. I can actually go along with Danny. Ings. I don't. I don't want it to be Kane personally. I think I've heard these views on the podcast before. That our, our team, when we play Kane, is so built around him, it takes away from the creativity of Sterling and Sancho. Um, if Rashford was healthy, I'd say 100% Rashford. In his current form, if he keeps this up for the rest of the season, I can't look past Danny Ings because the likelihood of us getting Vardy back from out of retirement is second to none if that was going to happen. So, yeah, I, I'd, I'd go with Ings personally. Uh, I think Southgate, if it's bad, might adopt a false nine approach with putting just a winger up front. What like a Sterling or a Sancho? Yeah, I, I, I could see yeah. like a maybe a Sterling or yeah, uh, mate. Oh, I don't understand why Brunson, but Hudson Odoi. Hudson Odoi starting up top, for England. Or or, so, or someone like that. <laughs> Southgate's weird. I don't. Don't no no. no, no I'm not no, saying anything. No, he's no. just he just does weird soft, team selections. Um yeah. If it is a false nine uh, formation that he adopts, I'd say Sterling should play there. Yeah. He's played false nine. For Man City, a, few, a couple of times when Aguero or Jesus has been out, so and he's looked quite good. Yeah, there, so. yeah, that's true. I, I could, I could see it happening, and then that would bri- uh, that could potentially free up a spot of left wing to bring in Jack Grealish, which Grealish. Where he's been playing for Villa. That could work quite well. I mean, maybe, maybe won't happen, but I feel like as a testing it out in the games building up to the Euros, I could see that being the case. Um, should we move on from Rashford? Yep. Okay. Um, let's go on to, let's go on to Arsene Wenger. Um, Why has he been trending, Archie? Well, he's he's been at the centre of quite a quite a bit recently around um, City and their recent troubles in terms of financial fair play. Um, primarily because he's, is, I'm trying, I'm trying to work out. So a lot of people are saying he works for UEFA, and some people are saying he works for FIFA. Who does he actually work for? Whoever he wants to work for. Right. Okay. Brilliant, cool. Um, that that solved that one. That's yeah, you, you, you solved that one, mate. Um, no, he he started working at FIFA basically. It's because so he, he, everyone's talking about him having a key part in this ban of Man City, but in the reality, if he's working for FIFA, he won't have a part to play in it because it's UEFA have handed out the ban. So he 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 doesn't have a part to play in it. He's just giving us an opinion on yeah what should be done. No, that is true. That is true. Um, yeah, no. His his the, the quote that people are picking out is that people who don't obey the rules need to be punished. Completely um, agree. And yeah, I, I completely agree as well. If they have broken financial fair play rules, which by all accounts they have, then they do need to be punished. Um, I think with the <laughs> the amount of lawyers that Man City have, um, I don't necessarily see them being punished quite as harshly. 
um, just because there's that footage of them sort of all coming out the court and there's like hundreds of them. Um, so I can see them maybe being banned from Champions League for one season. Um, I'm quite enjoying all this talk about people saying that they're going to be demoted down to League Two um, and watching Guardiola coach which, against which Salford. Will, which will never happen. Oh, it'd be hilarious. Because Salford will be in League One. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's clever, this one. He's good. <laughs> nah, an away day trip at Grimsby for the likes of Aguero and Sterling. I, can, I can't imagine anything better, to be honest. The Etihad might be more full with a League, uh, League Two away support. Doubt it. Yeah, that's true. Might might improve the app. Manchester is still alive here. Dave the Builder, Aguero. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Ah, oh, <laughs> the disrespect of League Two, right there. Dave the Builder. Oh, uh, we go along and see them all the time. They've got like Lloyd Ingrove. Oh no, Aguero. No, not Salboskins. I didn't know Salboskins be able to pass the ball. No, um, yeah. So basically, back to Arsene Wenger. Um, yeah, he's he's come out and um, he's he's condemned City quite heavily. Um, and Arsenal Arsenal fans have been saying some quite funny stuff on Twitter, rarely. Um, but no, they have been. They um, they're saying that Arsene Wenger is going to go through every team that are above Arsenal and get them banned from a Champions League so that we can get Champions League football. He got, after, he got after Sheffield United next and claimed that Chris Wilder does some bad stuff or something. I don't know. He'll go after and say something. Yeah. Um, what was why are, you, why are you mouthing VAR at me, Sam? Well, because he also had um, the... He wants to... Uh, Arsene Wenger also came out and said he wants to change uh, the way VAR looked at offsides, didn't he, Archie? Um, yes, yes, he did. Um, yeah, no, he did. Uh, he came out and said that it should be clear and obvious, didn't he? Like a clear and obvious podcast. <laughs> no. Cool. Um, Brilliant. <laughs> No, he he came out and <laughs> he, he came out and said that um, the uh, he wants the offsides to be clearer because at the moment there's a there's a isn't that just what he <laughs> no. said? Nope, nope, different, yeah, different. It's different. It's a different way of saying it. But he he it's wants the exact it. same word. Okay, shut up. Um, he you asked me. All right, you know, okay, crack on, mate, crack on. He sounds <laughs> on a mad one. He's an he mad wants um, the uh, offside to be. Uh, when a player's a body part that he can score with his offside instead of any body part, and that's for a defender and attacker. I was always under the impression that that was still always the rule for offside, that you could only be offside with a part of your body that you can score with. Yeah, but it's. I think it's the same for... I'm quite confused by it, not a lot. Oh, really? Oh, so you've been mocking me for not necessarily knowing 100% what he means, and now you're admitting yourself no, you I, I'm unsure on the rules at the moment, because oh, at the moment okay. VAR's quite... It's very convoluted. Yeah, it's very. There's so many grey areas. There is indeed. Um, more than this studio, actually. It's quite a grey studio, isn't it? Anyway, sorry, completely moving on. Completely irrelevant. Um, that's that's all the Arsenal Wenger talk we have for the minute. Uh, I've got all the time in the world for that man. Um, but Sam, who have you who have you put onto Twitter trending? Uh, we got two more. Who who are you going with? Uh, got a good talk about Justin Fashionu, who is uh, who today has been finally. Inducted into the Hall of Fame um, today. Uh, of course, Justin Fashionu was a uh, former uh, black footballer who um, came out as gay in a uh, in the nineteen eighties. Uh, it's quite. It was. It was like it was such a shock in the at the time where being gay is was such a not a. It was such a. Uh, I don't know. And people thought didn't think uh well of it oh, i don't know how to describe it 
Archie, help? Yep, sure. Uh, I'll hop straight back on. Sorry, I just wanted to get, <coughs> just wanted to get a walk because my throat's really dry. Um, yeah, no. Uh, no, it was, it was in a period where gay people weren't necessarily accepted as completely coming out at the time. Uh, it was 22 years ago. Was it 22 years ago? How many years ago was it? Sorry, you said? 22 years ago, yeah. 22 years ago. So, yeah, it was in a period where gay marriage hadn't been legalised yet in the country. Um, so coming out as gay was a bit of a rarity, and it's a little rarity now in modern football. So while he certainly pioneered it, there's not exactly been a whole swathe of Premier League players all coming out as gay. But he 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 started. He he was at a, t- a period where it was less accepted. He's he's the only professional footballer to come out as gay. Yeah. To this day, still, which is mm. which is crazy, mm. and especially to do it at a time where it was so heavily criticised. Uh, and he committed suicide uh, a few uh, years later. Um, he really deserves to be recognised, and I completely back the fact that he's been put into the uh, Football Hall of Fame. Yep. Yeah. No. Um, no. Massive. Massive step forward. Um, yeah. No. Really. Really good. Really good that he's finally been inducted. Um, shall we move on to someone else? It was someone who's been involved in some recent controversy, but has come out of it. And but a better for it, I'd say, on the other side. Who are you going with? Uh, Bobby Madley has, um, after the controversy concerning him and a uh, a post which was potentially, how would you describe it? Um, was it homophobic? Yeah, I think I think it was. I think it was. A I'll hom- double check that before I accuse Bobby Madley unnecessarily of being a homophobe. But I'm pretty sure it's homophobic. I'll check that. Following now. a uh, a tweet <laughs> which was uh, controversial. Uh, oh, not a tweet. A post which was controversial, which wasn't, which wasn't um, a public tweet. He sent it to someone else, but uh, nevertheless, it, it was wrong. Apologies. Um, so, um, Bobby Madley, you're not a homophobe. Um, it was, it was, it was. A, he filmed a video appearing to mock a disabled person. Um, so it, nothing like a homophobe. No, it wasn't. All right. Okay. I don't actually think Bobby Madley is a homophobe. All right. But a lot of people. Uh, not a lot of people, but when these controversies come out, it's quite regularly to do homophobia. We were already on the topic of homosexuality. It was in my head. There we go. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bobby Madley, after that uh, controversy, got banned from refereeing um, in England. So he took his referee out to Norway, where he's uh, he spent this season uh, refereeing there. Um, he's found it very... Uh, t- like While he's enjoyed the refereeing, he's had personal matters with his wife and... I think they've really not really um, liked Norway. No, that it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing in Norway. I think it's more to do with personal matters and being far away from like family and and friends and stuff. Um, so, but yeah, the um, the referees in um, England um, have decided that they um, they're allowing Bobby Madley back. It's good. I'd certainly say it's a good thing because what he did wasn't necessarily the worst, uh, but it certainly needs to go punish. It was a, it was a, so I'm looking at it now. It was something that he said to a friend, uh, and he he mocked uh, a disabled person before his daughter's sports day, um, and said that they had a chance of winning the parents race this year um, because there was a disabled person he was going up against, um, which is a little bit out of order. But yeah, no, he's come back better for it. Uh, he's apologised ever since. He said how much it's affected his mental health. And uh, I really respect him for that because everyone makes mistakes, and he deserves to get that chance. Exactly, he's been um, he's been accepted the opportunity to start um, next season as a national list referee. Uh, this uh, group of referees uh, officiate League One and League Two, and despite the fact that it's not the it's not the Premier League, it's not where he was refereeing before, you got to start back somewhere, and it's going to help him rebuild. Um, 
rebuild his reputation, hopefully. And uh, well, there's a lot, a lot of change since his last ref. For example, <laughs> VAR is the main one. So he's got to do a lot of work sh- uh, workshops and reintegrate into um, the English way well refereeing as well. This se- for the remainder of this season, he's also going to be refereeing in England, but he's going to start in like non-league just to get used uh, used to back, back, uh, used to refereeing in this country. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to everyone's favourite section? The state of the this. The state of this. Um, uh, who's first up on our state of this? Sherry. We have the newly signed striker for Barcelona, Martin Braithwaite. Controversial, you say? Very yeah. controversial, actually. Yeah, massively. Um, like the fact, the fact that so basically Barcelona. In case you haven't seen it, or you probably have. But the fact that Barcelona have been given this extension to do an emergency, I say it's inverted commas, signing, um, like it's some sort of operation. I mean, it's the the fact that Barcelona of all teams are able to do this, sign the one of the lower lower teams in this, uh, La Liga's better strikers, their top scorer, as you said earlier. You got a stat to bring up, I'm sure. Um, at ex Middlesbrough, obviously, um, to sign him from Leganes after the transfer window shut because Usman Dembele has got injured makes no sense, does it, Sam? It, it is honestly disgraceful. Like, honest, it's 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 disgusting. Like, why does Barcelona have the right to sign a player just because they haven't prepared their squad in the transfer window for the eventuality? that players could get injured. But like, honestly, if any other team in the world did it, they they wouldn't be allowed to. Well, but as one. the Spanish FA are so like corrupt and just biased towards the big teams, he can't even play in the Champions League. He can only play in the league. Um, no one oh, wants I to just, see Martin Braithwaite in the Champions I just, League. I just, don't under, I just don't understand why uh, they've, been, they've been allowed to do this. And they've that... stolen. They've stolen off one of the the team's really fighting for relegation. They've stolen their top scorer. Their top scorer now has five goals. Their second top scorer now has one. They've yeah. so all their goals really have gone them over massively. Um, yeah, the fact they're able to sign him makes no sense. I mean, the only reason they've obviously been allowed to do it is because it's that big club uh, privilege that they get, and especially in the Spanish league, they're given that. Um, but also, not all clubs, very few clubs, in fact, have the a- academy structure that Barcelona do right down to the youth system. So they've got a whole crop of players that they could pick from if this eventuality came around. They've got, the, is it La Massa Academy? Is that what it's called? Huge academy that they've got. And they could pick any of those youngsters out of there and put them into the lineup. And they will have replacements. But that's not, that's besides the point. The fact that they're given this extra time just, it shows the Spanish league for what it is. No, yeah, totally. And. The uh, Luganes following this have at, actually applied to um, request a emergency transfer in order to replace them, and the league have turned it down. <laughs> the bias towards the big clubs is absolutely they're ridiculous. not even hiding it. It's so obvious. If if anything, I think oh, it there's a there might be just oh, I don't I don't really know. I'm just so I'm really angry. Yeah, it's just. Why why are they allowing them to do this? They're, like you said, they've got so many youth players that can come in. It's their poor planning. It's their fault. 
Lily, oh. you're bailing them out massively by allowing him to do this. And, and if you're wondering why this relates to English football, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Martin <laughs> Braithwaite played for Middlesbrough, <laughs> <laughs> which is the only league <laughs> that we've got. I feel like Barcelona don't even need Martin Braithwaite. Obviously, as Archie said, they've got this amazing academy in place. Mm. They've got Ansu Fati, the winger, who's That's been right. playing very well for Barcelona this season. Mm. They've got Suarez. Oh, well, Suarez is injured for four months. <laughs> so, not so they've really. not got Suarez. So they have Suarez. They have Griezmann. Yeah. And Mes- they have Messi, Messi for crying well. out loud. Yeah. It's, like, it's, not, it's not as if they're a struggling berry. It's not like they're a club that's about to go out of existence if they can't sign Martin Braithwaite. I mean, for crying out loud. It's, no, I just I do not. I don't get it at all. It I feel is. like Braithwaite wouldn't really make a difference for Barcelona, whereas they he would make a huge difference for uh, Leganes. Yeah. No, it's it's disgraceful. Um, I, I like the fact that um, when Mourinho was asked, because um, Spurs are obviously having a little injury crisis, um, whether they were going to bring in an emergency transfer, he, he he was like, I didn't even know that was a possibility, yeah. and then jokes that he was going to bring in Peter Crouch. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> Crouch, replied to it as well. He was like, I'm ready when you are, Jose. <laughs> that, that would be it. Oh, we want it. Jose, make it happen, make please. It happen. That'd be amazing. It, I mean, at least they're not stealing off a club because this guy's all just retired. Yeah. But then if you're bringing them out of retirement, I think that's fair game. Yeah, it seems, seems fair game to me. Um, shall we move on to what is possibly my favourite thing to have happened on TalkSport? We, so we have got the, the, the Clash of the Titans. You really do. Agent versus owner. The man who hates agents... And one of the biggest agents in the world. Of course, we're talking about Jordan versus Raiola. <laughs> you, make it sound, you make it sound like Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. Um, this argument was brilliant. This was um, a better fight. For the for the record, I love Simon Jordan. He's amazing. Uh, I want to get this out of the way now. Reading his autobiography, little flex. Um, he's brilliant. He's honestly, he's, he's, he makes so much sense. A lot of the stuff he says in TalkSport is brilliant um but this particular argument they got Menareola on for a live call and um in his autobiography uh, jordan talks a lot about how he hates agents as a whole he talks about the whole concept of them in their co- players in their contracts um getting from agents like agent fees and goal fees and appearance fees and he's like well isn't that the whole reason i'm paying a player for him to score goals and appearances like you wouldn't get given to so say you you, well, you don't get a, an extra money for turning up to work you get the money that you're given um and he just he dislikes agents a lot because they are uh, profitize off of their players massively um and in this argument he brings that up he brings up to rayola that um so he, he, he rayola tries to claim he doesn't move players and sometimes like of course you do that's your job if he, he, sort of, he goes on to say that they should be regulated properly and um, it was a really good debate I thought I mean it was yeah it was interesting I, I completely agree with them and the fact that uh, agents definitely need to be relegated no, relegated really, wow. relegated. <laughs> get them down to the championship down you go Mino <laughs> no um, they, they should be regulated They're, the money they earn from transfers is a joke some of them earn an absolutely incredible Tw- 20 million he got from the pub transfer is that and, and that's unbelievable and bear in mind some people's agents are their parents mm. there's money in the family anyway just from that guy's wages never mind you getting more well Barcelona played Neymar paid Neymar's parents when they signed him 30, exactly. 30 million pounds exactly what? it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous and um, it's just there's, there's too much money going to these agents and 
another point that um, Simon, <laughs> so um, Ryla made a point uh, as a as a saying, um, oh, next next year we'll be thinking that um, transfers need to be relegated. And Simon Jordan was like, yeah, no, <laughs> they should be regulated. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, they should. I mean, there should be a regulation on football finances as a whole. Um, because it will get to a point where it's spiralling out of control. But on the agent side of things, it's they, they profit so much off of player transfers that Mino Riola trying to claim he doesn't move players when he's basically forcing Paul Pogba not to play for them. And he's he's doing what he's... I mean, you, you must be livid with, with Mino Riola. I mean, he's stopping... He's, he's got such a huge influence over football that he's going to be stopping so many top players coming to United. I mean, they wouldn't want him anyway, but it's, it's the point remains, you know. It's, Mino Riola, he's a... He's, well, he's a leech, isn't he? He is he a leech. Always wants perfect. all the money, all yeah. the money. Um, you could say that. No, you can't say he wants the best players player, does he? he? Doesn't. That's the thing. I don't think he does. He's definitely in it for himself, as most agents are. And Rayola's a perfect example of an agent getting way too much power and influence in football and not being regulated properly. I think. I think the biggest player being owned by Rayola is uh, Jesse Lingard, <laughs> who is, uh, now being represented by Rayola. I mean, and has since bought out fragrance, so he's got. He's doing wonders, me. Exactly. Like. <laughs> I mean, if if anyone's gonna get him a deal. Oh, Raiola will ne- next year. Barcelona will come in for one of the hottest prospects in football, Jesse Lingard. I'm telling you, if Raiola can help Jesse Lingard secure a move, I would take back my leech comments and say he's a very respectable man. There we go. Well, we we got you on record now, Sherry, <laughs> calling him a leech. Um, yeah, no, this argument as a whole is brilliant. Uh, I think Simon Jordan's come across really well uh, the whole his whole time in talk sport, let alone this particular argument. Um, and yeah, it was really it was really interesting to listen to. Uh, any more to say on that front, or shall we move on to Wonder Kid Watch? Let's move on to Wonder Kid Watch and start with <coughs> Sherry. We Sherry, always, who are you going to talk about today? Swing it over to the guest first. I'm talking about literally swing over the obviously not very well known or at all to you guys, uh, Ethan no Led. Who? Educate Ooh. us. He is a Manchester United under eighteen player. He is a he's plays in the in defence. Oh Sam. Sam's getting up, he making plays a nice defense, disruption. Plays right back, left back and centre back. He can also play wow. wing back. Uh in the under eighteens he scored I think this season or last season eleven ele- no, he's done eleven assists and uh, scored two goals. Wow. He That's made good. he made his debut uh, his first team debut against FC Astana for United. Oh, was that the the one that you lost yeah, away? Two one. Okay, we, we lost two one. But yeah, you did uh, play like you're under 15s to be fair. Yeah. So, so, I mean, right. Jesse Lingard played so obviously under 15s. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that obviously original Quality joke. Game. He yeah. scored though. Jesse yeah, Lingard is. did score, but we we don't speak about him. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, Ethan Laird. He is. Well, I'd say he's one for the future. Definitely. I'd say if he can carry on the way he is going right now, he can surpass. Aaron Wambasaka, I'd say. Ooh. Aaron Wambasaka is more defensive, I'd say. Yeah, he's very good. Whether then, but Ethan Led, I don't want to compare him to Trent, but he's got that sort of caliber to him. He's, yeah. he's pacey. Yeah, that's fair enough. What similar qualities? Yeah, yeah. He, he can pass the ball. Yeah. I mean, I'd hope. Helps. I'd yeah. hope he can pass the ball. Um, and hopefully he's better defensively than Brandon Williams. Uh, Brandon like Williams, he is. He's do you not, like Brandon Williams? I do like him, but. Yeah people saying he's one of the best young left backs I'd say no a little bit far yeah no. I mean he's fast <laughs> that's that's about it folks <laughs> uh, there's this comparison between Brandon Williams and was it uh, Saka a few days ago people <laughs> yeah. saying Brandon Williams better I'd say no 
Yes. Saka. Yes, Sherry. Oh, thank well, you so much. Although Saka isn't, I'd say, brilliant defensively, he makes up for his attacking yeah. output. Which... No, completely. And uh, and moving on from Saka. No. Sam, you've just stolen the mic away from Sherry as he's talking about Ethan Laird to go and moving on from <laughs> Saka. <laughs> you you've got up and got your water bottle and you've just not come back in at the right time. Uh, what else do you want to say, Ethan Laird, or is that uh, if Ethan Laird isn't playing as a fullback or a wingback in the first team, I'd like to see him in defence. I don't really like the slabhead Maguire too much. <laughs> He's called him a slabhead. The uh, Minecraft Phil Jones. Minecraft Phil Jones. Oh, that's perfect. So, I mean, Maguire, 80 million? 80 million? Yeah, it's a little bit much, uh, isn't it? 85. 85. I mean, I know I've digressed a bit because, yeah, you know, United, it just it grinds my gear sometimes. It does. Uh, we do need to get a po- we do need to get you on a podcast and just get you ranting about Man United. But it won't be very PG, but we we should do it. No, I'll try to be PG. I'll no, try that's to good. Be PG. Yeah, no, no, only gonna soul shock comments here, please. <laughs> um, right, Sam, you you're buzzing to steal that mic, aren't you? Over to Sam. Go on, steal it, steal it, Sam. What are you gonna say? Oh, I was just bless gonna us. say, bless us, bless us. <laughs> moving on to Archie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days. Okay, yep. Okay, moving on to me then, because Sam's bottled it. He's pulled the mic over and he's not said a word. Um, I'm going on to. I'm going to talk about the man that you briefly brought up, Bakayo Saka. Um, as I say, I was at the Arsenal Newcastle game where he absolutely ruined Valentino Lazaro's career in England, despite have playing his like second game uh, with a saucy little nutmeg. Um, but as a whole, um, I like I like him a lot. I liked him more when he played on the wing for Arsenal. I think he looked very good in the Europa League. Um, he created loads of chances. He looked really bright and buzzing on the ball. And um, I just like the creativity he brings. He brings another facet to our attack. And um, I think he's wasted at the left back. Because defensively, as much as people say he's not very good, he's not, sure. But he has his moments where he looks very decent defensively and he looks more than competent. Um, but my only slight uh, bugbear about him is that we are going to do what we did to, make, uh, to him that we did to make the Niles, where he was a really good central midfielder. And we move him to, or force him into a fullback position, and suddenly he gets a lot worse. Um, but right now he's been playing really well. Uh, he's only, I believe, he's just 18 years old? Yeah, 18. Uh, 18, come for another product of the Youth Academy. He got all nines at his GCSEs. Got 11 GCSEs, all nines. He's a smart cookie, this one. We're currently in contract negotiations, and I really hope we keep him because he's very good. Uh, Sam, who do you want to talk about? I would like to talk about the man that's... Uh in the press a lot at the moment, Jude Bellingham, the Birmingham midfielder, has um, has really shone this season and um, been uh, one of the most talked about players in maybe even the world. He, yeah. As a as a young player, he's a yeah sixteen year old central midfielder. He he's kind of like a box to box midfielder. He's a he's a great passer of the ball. His defensive uh, his defensive uh, mindset is. Really useful for a side like Birmingham, who aren't, uh, who aren't one of the top sides in the league. So the fact that he can attack and defend is uh, very useful for them. And the fact that he's come out of their academy, academy that's produced uh, other players like uh, Butland, uh, play has play, come through Bur- uh, Birmingham, um, Redmond's come through Birmingham. Two um, two very good players. Well, Butland was England keeper. We won't talk about how good he is now, but at one point he was a. He's a top player, and um, yeah, he's got. Bear in mind, he's sixteen. He's got a lot of game time this season. He's played uh, thirty-two games, got four goals and three assists in all competitions. 
which isn't which isn't too bad actually. She's also been uh, played for England at youth level. She's played for the under 15s, under 16s, and under 17s, um, which is uh, quite crazy for his age. And I could honestly uh, see him um, getting caps for the um, under 21 soon. I reckon he could make that step up. He's been very good. And uh, just uh, just yesterday, in fact, um, Chelsea were being linked with a 50 million bid for him which is uh, really showing how much promise he has. Yeah, he's certainly well sought after. Sorry, Sam. Um, me and Sherry were just reacting to the United lineup. which when this is out, United would have probably finished their game. The fact that starting Pereira and Matic in centre mid with Lingard and Matic just in behind Martial. Uh, Brandon Williams starting left wing back, Dalo right wing back. Um, yeah, interesting, that team. Anyway, that's not all we're talking about um, because that, that team's shocking. <laughs> but shall we quickly move on to some predictions? Because we might get kicked out of the studio soon, um, but we'll try not to. Let's do it. Yeah, let's get on to some predictions. Right. Um, we kick it off. We've got uh, three Premier League games we've selected and three Football League games we've predicted as per usual. Uh, we shall kick things off with what is a pretty tasty game. Uh, Mourinho going back to his old club. Uh, we've got Chelsea host Tottenham Hotspurs. We'll start with the guest as we normally do, Sam. So can you please swing the mic back to him? I feel like Chelsea have a point to prove after that loss against United. But Spurs, they're without Harry Kane. They're without Human Son. Um, I think it'll be a cagey game, obviously, with Chelsea and Spurs as history has suggested very cagey usually um, but I'd give it to Spurs maybe uh, a 1-0 victory I'd say yeah no that seems fair um, coming off of a midweek loss Tottenham will be looking to bounce back I can see this being a draw uh, in fact Tottenham have won just one of their last 33 away games against Chelsea in all competitions uh, which isn't a great record if you're a Spurs fan uh, Chelsea have also won their last two Premier League games against Spurs uh, last winning three in a row in March 2006 when they were managed by Jose Mourinho but I see this being a draw one all potentially uh, yeah I see Chelsea going in front and Spurs pegging them back a little bit Sam what are you going with? Uh, well, this is um, Tottenham's. Um, this potentially could be Tottenham's 500th away win, um, which is uh, in all comps. In a no, in the Premier League, which is quite a quite a big deal. They'd uh, be behind Liverpool, Arsenal, United, Everton, Villa, and Chelsea in doing so. And uh, yeah, um, this could be a very tight game. I see uh, Chelsea on form. Spurs, despite grinding results, haven't been playing well. And honestly, despite uh, midweek not doing, uh, not getting the result they wanted, I could see Spurs winning this two-one. There we go. Okay. Uh, yeah, battle of the London Titans. There. Um, should we go on to Leicester versus Manchester City? We'll swing it back round to Big Shez from Daventry. What do you want to say? Who you got? Who I'd you got? like to see Leicester win it because yeah, Man City. I'm a United fan. Naturally. Man City, obviously, not high in my rankings yeah. but realistically I'd say Man City would win De Bruyne looks absolutely amazing against West Ham uh, Aguero obviously best striker I'd say in the Prem yeah I can go on with that yeah. but Leicester are a dangerous team they've got James Madison who has been playing very well uh, last season I think he was the one of the top assist top assist makers yeah yeah no he was very good last season he created a lot of chances yeah did cool. he yeah, probably. Yeah, I'd imagine so. <laughs> uh, no, <they're> very <laughs> I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. I'm not uh, actually. Sherry opta. just calling out Archie. Did yeah. he? Did he? Did he, Archie? I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry about that, Archie. Yeah, God, we we have words after with Sherry. But, but Jamie Vardy, one of the best strikers in the Premier League. Yeah. I think he can be dangerous against Man City. 
but I'm going for a 2-1 victory to Man City. So am I, actually. Uh, I'm going for a 2-1 City win away. I think they'll carry over their form that they had against West Ham. Uh, Leicester have just lo- uh, have lost just five of their last six Premier League matches uh, um, against Man City, uh, winning winning just one. Um, so I don't give them massive hope. Um, but yeah, no, City, City looks like vintage Man City uh, against West Ham, and I think they'll carry that over away at the King Power. Samuel Jackson, what you got? I think this is going to be a tight game, of course, Leicester. <laughs> Uh, having a good uh, have had a, overall had a good season but recently haven't been great have been struggling uh, not picking up points uh, a place where they should have done and uh, it's been a similar season and Man City it's been a poor one for their standards they should really be uh, battling for the league and they're, and they're really drop. they're struggling they really are um, I could see I, I think that this is going to be a bit of a surprise I think that Leicester are going to win this game I just don't. I don't think Man City look great at the moment, and with the financial fair play things that are coming in, uh, I think it might have rocked the club a little bit, um, even th- uh, through to the team and the manager. So I think the Leicester are going to win this two-one. Yeah. No, that's a different different to what we've put. So that's always good, I guess. Um, the last game that we're going to go with is Arsenal versus Everton. In the Premier League. Yeah, in the Premier League. Sorry, yeah, apologies. Um, the last Premier League game we're going to go to is that. That is the late game on Sunday. Um, and so they played each other early in the season. Bizarrely, I watched this out in Philadelphia. Little flex. Um, and Sherry, who are you Who are you going with? We'll kick it off with you again. I am fair. going for an Arsenal win. Hey. Um, oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> they played very well against Newcastle last, last week. 4-0 for them. Um... Everton, they have been, they have picked up the pace, I'd say, uh, with obviously Carlo Ancelotti He's been uh, making changes to them. Richarlison, Calvert Lewin playing very well for them, but obviously uh, Arsenal are playing well as well again uh, under Mikel Arteta. Yeah, um, no, we are indeed. What's what's this, what's the score prediction then? You going? I'm gonna say two nil to Arsenal. Two nil, we're keeping a clean two sheet. Nil. Let's yes. go. Brilliant. How um, many clean sheets have you kept this season? Oh, can you not? I just don't know. It's not very many. It's probably like one. Sherry's calling out Archie really all are. over the shop. I'm not up to stats, Sherry. <laughs> Chill out, blimey. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with a 2-1 Arsenal win. Uh, as I say, I watched this game in Philadelphia on TV. I didn't mention. Um, yeah, it was after both managers had just lost. Uh, well, after both clubs had just lost their manager. So it was Big Dunk still in charge of Everton and we had Lundberg I believe in his first game in charge for Arsenal so it's both temporary managers both managers Arteta hadn't yet been in charge but Ancelotti was in the um, uh, in the stands for this game and yeah no I see a 2-1 Arsenal win was that the game where it was 0-0 probably like the most boring it game was in possibly the history. most dull game I've ever seen yeah there was literally zero chances of any note it was shocking well I think I, I, I think that Everton are going to win this I think that Arsenal against (laughs) I think Arsenal against Newcastle uh, yeah it was a great result and don't get me wrong Arsenal played very well but Newcastle were very poor and Schlossi have got his side playing good football Uh, they know what they're doing Uh, great manager and I think that Ancelotti will possibly outthink Arteta and get a positive result 2-1 Everton Okay, that's yeah. Well, we shall see how that plays out. Let's drop down to a championship cell where Bristol City hosts West Brom. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Sherry again. 
I mean, if you want to, I mean, you're more than welcome to. We can start with Sam if you like. Um, you. You're the guest. You just, you decide. Uh, we can start with Sam. Because <laughs> that was Sam, brilliant. Our championship correspondent over here, so we can be, he can tell us what to do, basically. So basically, <laughs> I'll, I'll say something here and they'll just try and copy it. And reword bit. it a little bit, yeah. Uh, Bristol City are a uh, playoff team. Uh, they are one of the, the main teams vying for playoffs anyway. Uh, they've had an all right season. They could be doing a lot better. They've dropped points where they shouldn't have done. And uh, they they should be further up the league. Meanwhile, West Brom have uh, only lost three games this season. Top of the league, cruising. Had a bit of a blip, but looks like they're through that now. And if that's a blip, I mean that is the best. <laughs> that is the best poor patch of form I've seen. Um, and yeah, they're looking to under Slam and Billets. They're looking to. Uh, get get a uh, important result which could see them extend their lead at the top uh, by even more I could see West Brom winning this quite convincingly I think 3-0 West Brom brilliant yeah uh, I'll, I'll go with this one then uh, do you want to go Sherry or would you like me to go um, oh you just hit him in the face <laughs> <laughs> concuss our guest why don't you uh, we'll let the co-host <laughs> oh brilliant okay Seth, sound nice one mate yeah no West Brom sits top of the tree um, and obviously uh, yeah Bristol City also uh, they sit just outside the playoffs um, I see it being a high scoring affair I see it being 3-4 um, <laughs> yeah no I, I see a tasty affair um, Bristol City score a lot of goals but they also ship them as well um, so I see it being a um, yeah fairly end to end game really um, Sherry now you've been putting it off for a while but what's your your prediction um, tactical insight let's go <laughs> I have minimal knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting the podcast for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Out of context, Sherry. I have minimal knowledge <laughs> uh, for these two specific teams, but um, I'll go for a West Brom win. <laughs> Good man. What's going? We need numbers. Um, three, two. Three, two. Nice and high scoring. And like who's going to score the goals? Uh, their striker. Here <laughs> <laughs> first, folks, Charlie Austin, who's going to score their goals. Does Romelu Lukaku still play there? Oh, well. Um, let's, let's go down to the equally knowledgeable um, League One. Um, Sam, do you want to start us off as we started with you last time? So let's, let's kick things off with you on the League One front. We've got Fleetwood. They host the High Flying Portsmouth. It's going to be a tasty affair, but who you got winning? Um, it's going to, yeah, it's definitely it's a big match in League One. Both sides mm. going for playoffs. Portsmouth just inside uh, in sixth, while Fleetwood are just outside on eighth. Uh, in eighth, um, it's going to be a tight game with both uh, both teams. Um, n- Fleetwood, I'd say, I'd say they've been overachieving this season, while Ports have been underachieving. Of course, have the um, won the top scorer. Uh, Fleetwood have the third top scorer in the league with uh, Patrick Madden. Obviously, and I can see. Uh, yeah, I think it's a cage affair. I'm going tool. Sounds good. Um, yeah, no, as 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 you said. Um, yeah, there's just two points to separate the two teams. Uh, they're both on decent run of form. Um, Portsmouth winning their last three, uh, Fleetwood being unbeaten in four, uh, but yeah, no, I see, um, I see Portsmouth taking this one away at Fleetwood one nil. So Sherry, Sam's nicked your phone. 
Why has he nicked your phone? Sam, give him his phone back. He's our guest. You can't just rob from him. You hit him in the head, and now you've, you've, basically, you've basically assaulted him and now robbed him. Disappointed. Disappointed. Anyway, Sherry, what's your insight into Fleetwood Portsmouth? <laughs> Go on. Well, well, just give us the scoreline. Uh, score no description line. needed. Just random scoreline. Fleetwood, line. one. Portsmouth, one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for a draw, boys. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, that gets splitted by sitting on the fence, Sherry. Um... Right, let's go. Our League Two game. Um, we've naturally picked the team um, where we are. Um, we got the Cobblers. They host Exeter City. How do you see this one going? Oh, I've picked. I've picked this game because um, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's quite a big game in League Two. It's one of the biggest of the weekend. So Exeter, who are currently occupying second place, playing Northampton, who are just outside the playoffs, who are. Terrible and no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. Who are who are have an interesting uh, way of playing football and um, extra need uh, are pushing for first. They need to uh, keep that keep their momentum going as they push up the league. I could see extra winning this two one. That's fair enough, mate. Yeah, um, well, I'm backing on mighty cobblers to be honest with you. Um, they're not in a brilliant run of form as it goes. <laughs> They've um, lost the last three. Um, they've not been great. Um, they look pretty terrible. We went to the Swindon game, didn't but we? But they're they not amazing. awful. Um, no, they're not awful. No, they're decent. Uh, and I reckon this will be their bounce-back week. You know what? They're coming to visit the PTS Academy Stadium, and it's a bleeding fortress, all right? So I'm going with a 5-0 Northampton win. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard it here. Sam Hoskins is going to score a hat-trick. Right? <laughs> I am going... I'm going no less. Andy Williams is going to get two. Someone recently changed his Wikipedia uh, to saying he finishes like Pele. Um, but I'm going with a 5 0 Northampton win. You heard it here first. Uh, Sherry, what are you going with? Uh, not quite as hopeful. <laughs> Eighth place Northampton, I don't think we'll be scoring five goals against Exeter. <laughs> or anyone. Or second place. I've never scored five goals. Oh. Uh, Northampton, obviously, lacking a. Anything. <laughs> anything. Yeah. No, uh, a high scoring goal scorer. Yeah. No. Yeah, as James Wiles said. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going for a Northampton win, surprisingly. Yeah. I'm going for. 0 0. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! Oh, I love the variation. Off, you opposite get on this. end of the spectrum there. <laughs> this this podcast has been a shambles, and it's been even more shambolic because we've forgotten something. We got to thirty subscribers, Sam, and you know what that means. You know what that means. I had to sing with Danny Sabayo, Sam. Archie, <clears throat> so hit it. Duh. <laughs> 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 this is going to take a few takes. Danny Sabayo. Daddy Sabios, he yeah. drinks Australia, what? he eats paella, the yeah. boys ah. magic. One, two, three, four, dad. Yeah, we'll stop there. There you go. That is the little snippet you're going to get. So you're welcome, everyone. Um, you didn't get it to start the podcast. You got it at the end. But to be honest, we don't live by the rules. Um, this, this podcast has descended into a bit of a mess. Um, uh, we are very sorry. We've been messed around with room changes yeah. and having to share mics. But it, yeah, we got... A, we got a podcast out which has some quality in it, definitely some memorable moments. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the final question we have to ask our guest is Sherry, what is your favourite part of an English breakfast? Um, 
Egg. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no description. Expand. <laughs> um, what type of egg for start? <laughs> Scrambled, fried, poached, um, raw. <laughs> just <laughs> no, I quite like a scrambled egg. A scrambled egg. I don't. I don't like sausages. Don't yeah, like bacon. Naturally, yeah. So what else? Can well, I <laughs> hash browns. See, uh, hash browns toast. are quite nice. See, oh, you're in now, Sherry. You're in with the the toast, hash brown um, gang. I am a fan of toast. Yeah, that's, that's good. How do you like your toast? Warm bread or properly cremated? Not cremated. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Slight, not slightly warm. 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 I'd warm say. bread. Yeah, good yeah. man. But I, I'd say scrambled egg just edges it. Scrambled egg. Well, there you heard it here. For, you heard it here, people. Um, Northampton are going to win 5-0 Sherry likes scrambled eggs thank you very much um, have a great have a great rest of your, rest of your week rest of your week yeah mate m- remember to check us out on social media at um, I- I'm on Twitter at soundcold2468 uh, Archie I am at Arch Corbett and our, our guest what is your Twitter name I am Sherry like the drink Sherry3199 Sherry I've got a confession to make I've got you muted on Twitter and thank you for listening guys make sure you check us out on spotify and youtube have a have a great week we'll see you tomorrow with our special champions league and europa league edition thanks for listening bye good night